Hey guys, here we are, episode 297 of the Brew Chat Podcast, and we've got a uh, good episode for you. we got Donnie Marsh, longtime uh, friend of the show, and I think your first time, right? That's correct. Yeah, Courtney Cholovich here in town, and uh, Jared's sitting this one out. He's got his new job, and we got Ian here from the other podcast, In Chaos We Trust. What's up? Yeah, and uh, yeah, got a good show for you. Need to get to the ads, though. Get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits, right on Manufacturer's Road. And Merchants on Main, I've got some photography in there, and they've got lots of cool merchandise from local Chattanooga artists. And brewchat.com slash store. Go up, support the show. We've got some cool shit there, some cool t-shirts and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, I guess uh, this is going to be a little bit of a different episode, but I guess I'll do this and not pour beer. Yeah, how's it going, guys? Welcome, welcome. Hey, Tanner. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different episode because, I mean, I'm drinking a beer. Ian's drinking a beer. But, yeah, we're not going to talk about beers this episode because I don't want to announce too much yet, but there's some changes coming down the pipe because there's been changes in my life. And, uh, yeah, so some changes coming down the pipe for... Brew chat. That's right. We're it's going to be the family fun hour, is what it's. Gonna yep, be. it's all going to be family friendly, and just uh, we're bringing Alex Trebek back from the dead. It's going to be great. But um, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Let's knock out some uh, hot topic shit, I guess, because uh, I just know Donnie was. You were so excited about this, like you were elated. Bill yeah. Cosby getting out. Oh yeah. I'm like, <laughs> uh, as a booker with not very much money. It's just nice to have another disgraced comedian back on the rolls. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was wondering, like, I mean, I didn't, I was like, there's going to be so much fodder for so many bad jokes at the open mics. I haven't seen any yet, but I'm expecting someone to go like, can I do a Cosby impersonation and then rub shoe polish on their face and be like, no, get out of here. It's double bad. <laughs> I can't remember who said it, but I heard on a podcast they were, uh, it was like, just introduce him. It's like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, cover your drinks. Bill Cosby. Oh, God. <laughs> so, I don't know. I read up on it. I think the lawyer's legitimately fucked up, which is sad. But he's still convicted. Yeah, I think they, yeah. I think they messed up on the, when they gave him that deal in the first place. Uh, yeah. But I, I think that, unfortunately, like it was legally correct. But I, I, th- I do think it's a, um, I think ju- a failing of the justice system, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about the law that I... So before I became a middle school teacher, I worked as a paralegal for a year, actually here in Chattanooga. It was my first job when I moved back. And I... My mistake in, you know, presuming about what goes on with the law is that it, uh, you know, it's trying to figure out the right thing to do, like the laws that are there. And actually, it's all just a, it's a game of like finding like little titchy 
like ways to get away with things. That's all. It's all a, a big game of, of technicalities, and it doesn't even matter if you, you know, whatever side you're on, if there is some law that supports your case. Mm-hmm. Uh, if your lawyer doesn't happen to bring that up in the courtroom, the judge has no, you know, nobody yeah. has any reason to side with you. It doesn't matter if the law would technically be on your mm-hmm. side. It's all about what comes out to play in that moment. So I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, and, and technically, if you're in front of a jury of your peers, depending on how the case is presented, that to me puts it even further up in the air because, I mean, like, uh, like the OJ trial, for example, if you were to read that on paper, be like, nah, he killed these people. But then you, you had however many, I don't know, 14 people or however many people that unanimously decided like, no, but doesn't quite look that way. Well, it's, it's that whole beyond a shadow of a doubt yeah. like thing. Yeah. Like if there's any doubt at all, then they have to, they have to mm. um, you know. What I don't understand is, so when you're in a court situation and someone, you know, the witness is testifying or the attorney that's, you know, uh, what's the word? That's crossing them or whatever. Cross-examination. Cross-examination. There we go. Um, Whenever all that's happening and then something gets, you know, objected to and it's... Strike that from the record. When they say Mm. strike that from the record and the the jury will disregard that. Okay, uh, yeah, I'll just wipe that from my memory, I guess. The past 12 minutes Mm -hmm. of, of things that you were saying. Like, what is... How in the world are you supposed to do that? There's no way to... When, what about when they'll do like a... I can't remember what it's called, but they'll present evidence and then just it'll be deemed it's like, nope, they can't use that evidence. I yeah, know that that's a picture of him robbing the store, but we can't use that picture. It was obtained illegally, so we're not allowed to use it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... I don't know. I mean, that's. I guess that's part of jury sequestering is is that you're not supposed to. It's it. They're trying to make sure that you only see the allowable stuff as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I I uh, had an opportunity to serve on on a jury one time, and I I totally uh, pieced out on that. So I don't <laughs> have any experience. Uh, I had the opportunity to serve on a jury when I was living in Brooklyn. I got called for jury duty, and uh, this was when I was still actively drinking. Um, I think this was during my third relapse when I tried to quit drinking the first time. And I got called in for jury duty, and I woke up at 5 in the morning, pounded a few shots of tequila, put on my childhood karate outfit that I had for some reason. I had the karate outfit, a business tie, a tiara, and I took my ukulele, and I rode myself in the subway down to jury duty and walked in like that. And I was just pound. I was actually, I had a beer in my hand when I walked in to check in for jury duty. And the guy was like, you can't bring that in here. I was like, okay. And I just chugged it right in front of him and set the bottle to the side. And they let me come in and they're going, I mean, I guess they really need jurors. I don't know. And they're going through the whole spiel, like the setup of what you're supposed to do when you're uh, serving on a jury. And the attorney that was leading the proceeding said, okay, so does anyone have any questions or announcements? And I stood up and said, I have a question. Would anyone in this room want to have 
their fate decided by a nasty, filthy drunk. Because that's right what's happening. And they immediately dismissed me after that. So that's how I got out of out of jury duty. And then I don't hmm. remember the next two days. I kind of want to do jury home. duty, but I feel like it's one of those things I'll do it once and then never again. It but I wouldn't a, mind having the experience. It should be a game show. I'd be more yeah. comfortable having my fate decided by something that was just part of a game show. Like, do the people's court, but just with a jury with like instead. The, mm. the whammy system from press. You're like, no whammy, yeah. no whammy, no whammy. Stop. Yeah. No, it's life. <laughs> yeah. I've never quite understood how those uh, court shows, like Judge Judy and Judge Mathis, I don't understand how that works legally. Like, they're real judges, but you're not supposed to have cameras and courtrooms except in extenuating circumstances i think it's it's sort of like it's it's i think it's barely court i think that it's like it's only court because you sign an agreement saying this counts as court or something like that yeah. I, th- I i there's some weird and i think it has to do with like the state it's filmed in and like all that like i'm not, I, you know which i'm sure is la in most of these cases but or LA, the state of los angeles no uh, i mean you know but you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh i think um yeah, that that it has to be something like that because I don't, I don't, I don't. I mean, you know, I, I, I am. You know, I am a legal expert, but I, I, it's been a minute, so I gotta brush off the. Old I'd let texts. you defend me. Wow. Yeah, I think this whole court is out of order. I'd let you pay me a lot of money to <laughs> Lionel Hudson on out of there, just like I did jury duty. You could be my uh, my Giuliani. <laughs> Put oh. some black grease in your hair on a hot day. Let it start. And just go along with whatever wackadoo shit you say, like it's the truth. That'd yeah, <laughs> he's been disbarred. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, um, but no, Cosby though. This, uh, I don't know. It is a situation where I think I hate that I'm saying it, but I I do think the justice system in reversing it worked the way it was supposed to work. Because if this was any other guy that wasn't some mass rapist, that was like, well. Yeah. Well, if, I mean, like if it was you and I mean, you weren't like a rapist, but say you did something. Yeah. You know, did something that was illegal. Um, and then a nonviolent crime against billionaires. Right. But Let's then you say that. And then you made some plea agreement. Right. And they were like, all right, if you, you know, go along with this. Then it, you don't have to do this. And then later they go back on that and just screw you anyway. Mm hmm. You would want that right to, to be able to yeah. do that. It just so happens that in this case, it just sucks so bad. Yeah. That it happens yeah. to be a, a monster that, that this is happening to. But legally, it's correct, but it is still a failure of the yeah. justice system. That's, yeah. that's the way I've internalized it. Maybe all those women, maybe they should all bring Bill Cosby in front of Judge Judy now. Yeah, and that's... We'll just have an episode for each woman. I wonder that, too, if, like... There wasn't a civil case in this. I think it was purely a criminal case. So it does make me wonder if there's going to no, be a civil case. I think it was, I think that's what the agreement was about was that ah. he um, he got to he he agreed to confess in the civil case um, as long as it didn't um, you know um, what's the word I'm thinking of uh, incriminate him mm-hmm. in in a legal case. And so they they dismissed the legal case and then did us did a civil case where he confessed all this stuff, paid out. It was like thirty-eight or three point eight million dollars, or thirty-eight million. It was those the three and the eight stick in my head. I don't remember the amount, but it was a lot of money. To like, here you go. Sorry for you know that time I put that pill in your drink, um, and uh, you know, which is you don't pay someone that much money if you didn't do the shit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
Well, I mean, and he admitted it. He, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, that was, was part like, of. Yeah, I did it. And we're like, what's the big deal? And I mean, ultimately, it's like, well, he's from that generation of like, where it's like, if you accomplish enough, if you're successful enough, you can do whatever you want, and you just be a full blown narcissist. And like, if he did it to men, it wouldn't have been any better. But it's like, this is just like I was just watching Chinatown, <laughs> like problematic classic, and it's like you know, directed by and full of these guys who were just like, no, 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 I became really successful so I could do all the shitty things I wanted to do. Right. You know? Oh, I watched like a, it was like a Larry King clip from 91 where Cosby was on it and he was giggling yeah. about Spanish fly. It was yeah. bone chilling. It was fucking, it was so old. I had to look up what Spanish fly was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nah. It was, it was bone chilling to, to see like, Oh man, like, and he means every word of what he's saying right now. That's crazy. Yeah. There was another clip I saw where he's in an interview. I think it was uh, with the Associated Press, but they had asked something about the allegations, and then he just he starts throwing like around celebrity weight and was like he was very calm about it. But he was like, "All right, wait a minute. I was told y'all weren't going to ask about that. You need to get your boss on the phone." I I thought the AP had more integrity than to ask a question like that. And it's like, he's talking about fucking integrity. <laughs> and like, he's still a convicted rapist, though. He's just a convicted rapist that got released. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The conviction still stands. That doesn't get reversed. I mean, it doesn't mean shit now, right. but like, uh, do you think he'll get back on stage? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's, yeah. he, hasn't he signaled intention to? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he'll die soon. No, I mean, his, he's got enough fans to support him. That's the thing. No one's truly canceled. You, you have whoever's on your side is going to be on your side to the death. And you can keep on doing what you do and making money until they're done or until they're gone. You know, the thing is, though, he's 83 years old. Holy shit. Um, Doesn't look a day over 79. <laughs> what gets me is. Uh, if he still does have fans, they do a real good job staying quiet. Well, I mean, they get yeah. in the room with him and they all applaud. I mean, he yeah. was, they're just not, they're determined not to believe it. They're just determined to believe that he was railroaded. And when they all, you know, it's like any fringe group, you get mm-hmm. them in a little cluster together. Of course, they, then they get more confident and start making noise and cheering. And Well, I'm just saying know. out of all these little fringe clusters, you know, we saw one of these fringe clusters take a field trip to D.C. back in January. They're all pretty loud. I want to see and, the Cosby uh, group let you storm know. the Capitol. But you don't hear you don't hear these people outlying. It's like no, but Cosby tells some good jokes. Like, I want to <laughs> see that that intersection in the in the Venn diagram of the people who are you know storming D.C. <laughs> the people who are screaming last year, last summer. The people who are all up in arms about the Black Lives Matter movement, who are also pro Cosby. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to see that. Who are those people that come out of the mm-hmm. woodwork? It's probably closer to a circle than you'd think, because I mean, I feel like it's I feel like it's a lot of people who just resent anything cancel culture, and so mm-hmm. like anytime someone is canceled, just out of principle, they're like, no. Yeah. No, I get to keep the things that I like, including Bill Cosby. You know, it's like that's, uh, you know, I mean. And I imagine there's probably some people that are able to separate the jokes, the art from the artist. It, it, it I mean, that's, that's a whole. I'm not one of those people, but. That's a whole big yeah. conversation. I, it, there's a, for me, there's a lot that depends on it. And a lot, it, it, you know, like I was, 
I was one of the, I, I used to love R. Kelly and I can't even just do it anymore because it's just like, I can't not think about like all that stuff now. So it's, it does. I never liked R. Kelly because I always thought the shit he was singing about was creepy. <laughs> it was. He was singing about what he was doing the whole time, well, but it, it was, convinced people because it had a slick R&B beat that it was like sexy. Well, I thought it was so br- like brazenly sexy that it was funny. I got, <laughs> I got laughs out of it. Now knowing that like, oh no, like. That's what I was laughing at. Makes me, <coughs> excuse me. I can't take enough showers. Like now, he's got so that one song that it's straight up about like going to a third world country, finding a hot lady, shipping her back home to be a <laughs> sex slave, and it's got something. It's like I'll get you your shots, girl, and you'll be riding with R. Like, ew. <laughs> Hang on, let me wow. See, let me see if I can find this song here. And then on the other, you know, we were watching the OG Space Jam and the original, you know, the opening scenes are young, you know, the kid playing young Michael Jordan and his dad with I Believe I Can Fly in the Mm -hmm. background. And I'm just like, oh, yeah. Well, that song is all that song is really what gave him a lot of opportunity because that song got sang in churches and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Well, he writes gospel music. I mean, he ghost wrote so much. I mean, he's got like tons of musical credits out floating around out there. I don't know. So what? He has a Christmas album. You know, to hear it with, I mean, r- fresh ears. Really, I need Weird Al to re-record his entire discography in polka, and I think then I'll hear the lyrics <laughs> for what they are. I found this song here. Hang on, I'm gonna kill the volume so I can switch this over real quick. Okay, there we go. See, I think this is it. I got it. It's gonna be behind you here. Do you have your passport? Did you get your shots? Girl, would you like to come back with Rob to America? America. Is this in Ethiopia? Like- <laughs> yes. It was like a fundraising thing in Ethiopia. I will say Trapped in the Closet was wonderful, but... Oh, I still have chapters 1 through 12 memorized. It's it's incredible, but the guy was talented, but he was also a, a huge piece of shit. The guy... <laughs> Yeah, he's talented as shit, but it's like. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's like he's talented as shit, but it's we like. Got a brand new challenger. It's like how you'll be at home and you'll just like make up stupid songs yourself. It's like feeding the cat, what you're looking at, you know, just stupid songs to yourself about things that are happening in your life. And he does the same thing, but he's also super talented at it. Except then he has sex with the cat. But everything (laughs) in his life is, yeah, it's, he's fucking the cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what trapped in the closet is. Like it's, it's literally singing about a spatula and like very mundane things. And and this crazy soap opera story that's going on. He rhymes dresser and Beretta. He he makes it, you know, Omar from the wire is in trapped in the closet. No. He plays a cop. I started watching because I heard you and Matt Harris yeah. talking about The Wire, uh, and I started watching a few episodes. And I, I mean, it took me out of it because there he came on, and I was like, "No, that's 
That's the cop that was having sex with R. Kelly's wife on the sly. <laughs> yeah. He used to have to rent that at Blockbuster. Like, it came in four parts. It was like For part real? One, it was yeah, like Trapped yeah. in the Closet part one through nine. Well, it all mm-hmm. aired on MTV. I, I didn't was, know it was that long. I thought it was like a... I mean, what, a longer it, song, but I thought maybe like 15 minutes. Uh, well, so no. it's like a bunch of shorts. And like, and then when you put all the shorts together, it's it's quite long. Um, it's like, I don't want to like pirate it. Don't give him money, but like pirate it. But why? But it, it's worth a watch, I think, as, as long as you steal it. Oh, it's out of control. It's completely. And there were, I don't know whatever happened with this, but there were certainly talks of taking it at least to off-Broadway, if not Broadway, like a live yeah. staged version of this thing. Um, and what's it's really delightful, too, when you watch the DVD, uh, at least the first 12 chapters, there's the option to watch it with commentary. Oh. And watching it with commentary is watching him sitting in a room watching it on a projection screen and he's sitting in this big plush red velvet chair smoking a cigar and he doesn't really give you any more information about what's going on like he'll be watching it and the, he pulls out his beretta on screen and he'll look in the camera and say so this is like where i pulled out my beretta <laughs> this is what where that happened and then there are a couple moments where he just gets he stops talking altogether because he gets so into it watching and he's just totally mesmerized by his own genius. It's it's dude. One of my favorite things uh, in the world was that uh, Gail. What's Gail? Uh, what's her name? She's best friends with Oprah. Gail King. Gail King. Her interview she did with him after all that broke, mm-hmm. which that seems like years ago. But that happened like right before Rona. Yeah. Um, but it's like where he was crying and breaking down. It's like, I was trying to buy her a puppy. I bought her a pet. Like it was wild. And Gail King just sat there. Yeah. Like a King (laughs) just didn't flinch. Like how you sit there and like, don't not even that you're threatened. Just, you don't make a, like, like a, (laughs) any sort of face. You just stay stone face about it. Like that's some, broadcasting talent i don't know what i would do i have no idea if i was somebody set me in a room with r kelly and was like talk to this man for an hour i have no idea what i would say i feel like i would eventually like once he got robbed be like whoa man pipe down a little bit yeah yeah i wouldn't be able to right or i it maybe it would eventually get to a place where it's like i would feel threatened like is this dude about to swing on me just because i'm here like because, I mean, if I remember, he, like, kicked the chair over or something yeah. in that interview. I know I definitely tend to freeze up when, whenever I am, like, confronted mm-hmm. by someone with a bright flashing sign over them that says, I am not well. Yeah. I, I don't, I always wish, like, oh, I wish I'd done this or something. Mm-hmm. Like, like, we saw a fight, uh, well, kind of a fight outside. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, sorry, I got to tell this story. <laughs> um, uh, behind, uh, no one, no one involved with the bar was was at fault. This was uh, outside Cherry Street Tavern. After uh, once a month in the alleyway, there, there was uh, I hadn't really seen just out of the corner of, my, corner of my eye. There was a woman sitting in another woman's lap and making out with her, and then all of a sudden, this bro runs up and shoves the lap sitter onto the ground, just shoves her and yells. What the fuck are you doing? That's my girl. <laughs> so he's he like he shoved like mid mid cuck. He shoves her to the ground, and 
I jumped up to my feet and did nothing. Like I stood up to get a better look at what was going on. Everybody else looked around and a, another guy who was like providing security did have the, cause he's probably seen things like this mm-hmm. a lot. It ran out and was like, immediately was like, dude, no, this ain't it, bro. This ain't it. You need to walk away. It's very weird. And the guy was like, uh, 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 and he walked away, unfortunately, with his girlfriend in tow, who just wanted to make out with another lady. Yeah, so. I feel like that was not the move. Like, there's a way, no. way better way to play that situation <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're smart. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not here to tell people how to live their lives, but I'm just saying, like, if I if that was me and that was my girl and some other lady. I would have probably approached the situation with a little more tact and kindness. Yes. I would be perplexed if I were in that situation. For sure, I'd be confused. I'd be like, this doesn't line up with past behavior. I would certainly inquire. Yeah. I would certainly inquire and be like, hey, so what's going on over here? Tap, tap. Excuse me, miss. A little Uh, bit of tact, a little bit of kindness, a little bit of hardness. Is our date date over or... (laughs) <laughs> yes. Yeah, I was thinking, am I just stereotyping men here? Like, I would think he would be excited for, about this development. I mean, but it, maybe that's... I'm stereotyping men because I'm saying, like, that's, yeah, that's the right move. That's what you do. And then, you know, you also be a gentleman. If she says, yes, our date is over, you go, oh, and then you, <laughs> you go, you're already in an alley. So you're one step already. And then you just yeah. go to the other side of the alley and cry and yeah. go to sleep there. Start a band. His little fragile masculinity got just a little, yeah, I, little ding. I've also never been like, well, I'm not gonna say never, but like, maybe except for like one or two times in my entire life, have I gotten like actually angry about something mm. that like that, where I was like, oh, I feel threatened mm. as a, my virility. You know, normally I'm just like, ah, well, like, what's the smart move? I guess I don't know, but I just, maybe I'm maybe I've had low T my whole life. Dude, that was like, uh, I feel okay telling this now. It's been a couple weeks. I'll call that fucking dude out, though. Fucking Kevin Bunch. Oh, yeah, shit. Fucker. Naming names. Uh, yeah, this guy started shit with a buddy of mine down at uh, uh, Nightfall, like maybe a month ago. Just uh, and slapped my buddy. And I wasn't, I was kind of like where you were at. I was just like, I'm not going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, I don't have a dog in this fight, but I don't know. It's just this dude was an asshole, came across as a bully, and I ended up stepping in. I was like, dude, you need to just fucking walk away. But what got me is this guy was, he had to have been on something, or maybe he was just a fucking dumb dumb. Like his little masculinity got a little shattered, and uh, he just wasn't thinking straight, but he was with some girl. She seemed nice, whatever. I got nothing bad to say about her. Uh, maybe choose better dudes. But uh, yeah, he didn't even know who I was. And I was like, dude, just walk away, man. Just walk away. He was like, what you going to do? I was like, I'm going to watch you walk that way because I don't even know who the fuck you are and you don't know who I am. And I came down here to have some beers and to watch some music. And you were ruining that right now. Mm-hmm. So please. And uh, it just... It's like the idea of somebody wanting to fight. I get the idea of like, you know, somebody and you're pissed off at them and you're like, man, I'm fucking sick of your shit. I get that. But just wanting to fight. of just like, I'm fucking fired up and you said my dick was small and fuck off. Like, well, like 
also like I, I don't know what the statistics are in this, but isn't like fighting in public a crime that goes <laughs> like a yeah. go to jail crime? And then yes. also the the public factor. So there's like lots of witnesses and yeah, and like a like a nightfall type scenario where there's probably security camera. We evidence. were right in front of the fucking stage, dude. That was why I was like, this guy has to be a fucking dumb dumb because it's like it doesn't even matter who starts the fight. We're both going to jail if we start swinging. Like. Yeah. It sounds weird to, you know, respond aggressively with not, do you want to take this outside? Because that would be foolish. We'll both go to jail. But like, do you want to come over to my house? Mm. Coming in my backyard. Do you want to come to my property? It's very safe yeah. and discreet. Yeah. I have some land in the woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's why you schedule it for after school, right? That's yeah. why you hit the playground. Mm. You schedule a time, or you do it. This mm. is what the middle schoolers do. They schedule it for a time in the bathroom where mm. there are no cameras. And they say, okay, and even if the kids are in a different class, you know, they'll say, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to ask to go to the bathroom at this time. And I'm going to ask. To, this is also how they meet up and, and vape in the bathrooms mm. as well and take pictures of their genitals to send to each other like the sixth graders were doing right before. Jeez, that's a we, big problem with... It was, like yeah, there was a whole thing going on right before what school fuck? went out. First know. thing I would have done in sixth grade with a phone camera. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I, mean and, yeah, I can't, I, guess you're right. I mean, I'm not surprised. And what surprises me are these parents that are surprised because I remember what I was doing when I was 13 and 14 when we were just getting the internet mm -hmm. and like, we don't need to go into all of that right now. Come see a stand-up show. I'm going to be talking about it more <laughs> as we go on as I develop that bit. But uh, it doesn't surprise me in the least that they're doing all of that. Of course they are. Of this course if you give a kid a cell phone, they're going to take pictures of their dick and send it to each other. Well, it's of like, course. It's right after puberty. So like, look at this new dick I got. And look yeah. at these new boobs. <laughs> these are new, brand new. I didn't my have them last week. back to school week. boobs. Yeah, yeah, these are my back to school pubes. Come check them out. So it's super exciting at that point because you're like, I've never had hair here before. Is this normal? And then you show it to your friends and they're like, don't show me that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that it blows friend. my mind kids having smartphones. Like, Hey, I wasn't allowed to get a cell phone until I could drive. And my brother, younger brother, got one when I did. So that was super unfair. But, uh, yeah, it was like a little bullshit Siemens phone. Like, couldn't take pictures, black and white screen. And then, I don't know, a couple years later, I was teaching guitar to some, I think they were six or seven. They had an iPhone. And they were six or seven years old. Like... Well, this is this is the precursor to um, you know, and, and there's been talk about it, but it's where they're gonna, they're trying to let kids vote because you know you give kids the internet and like a you know the the world at their fingertips, they're informed on the news now. Like kids are kids know what the news is, so yeah. You know what I, I say? Let them vote. Let, Do you think these fucking oxygenarians cranking around trying to find where where Fox News is on the? On the dial, do you think they're... Yeah, let them vote. Well, as long as they're voting for what I want, then I, then yeah, let's yeah. let them vote. Well, it's irrelevant with the Electoral College anyway, so who cares, you know? Yeah, I mean, not when we flood a bunch of 14-year-olds into, uh, <laughs> into those polling places. That's yeah. Well, see, the 14-year-olds are small enough to fit in a ballot box. Like, like listen, So kid. they could take a lot of those ballots and hoard them. Listen, kid. And hide under a table. You're going to vote for Bernie, <laughs> and I'm going to buy you a carton of cigarettes, and that's how this is going to go. <laughs> 
Maybe that's why they don't have kids vote. Straight up. Or like, I guess a, like a new vape pen or something. Yeah. I got to think about what kids care you about. You could buy a kid a kid's vote pretty cheap, I feel. Oh, our, our Do you want Senate, a 12-pack of PBR? Yeah. It's delicious. Our Senate would be polarized just in a different way. It would be like Instagram influencers oh, yeah. versus youth pastors. Twitch, Twitch streamers. That's, who would, that's where the extremes yeah. would be. I've gotten to where I think I hate. I mean, I've always struggled with it, but I think I've gone full-blown hate of like Instagram influencer culture and like almost YouTubers. Like there's a couple YouTubers I like that actually put work into their shit. It's why I quit doing videos and shit like that. Oh, not me. I pine for it. I want, I want people to just love me because I like, I like, Hey, this is my day. And people go, Oh my God, he's having a day today. Look at him. He's out having fun, kicking a ball around. And then it's like a million likes. That's what, that's what I want. Yeah, I fucking can't stand. I've got like opinions and shit. Like seriously, you guys need to think about it and then do better. And then that's my poll post. And then I think that'll be like, yeah, he's right. So yeah, I, yeah, I get all that out of this podcast. That's all I need. And uh, I fucking hate. Like I don't know. There's like some travel YouTubers here in town. They seem to do a pretty good job. Like they, yeah. ha- they actually do a decent job. The ones that I've shit. seen are transplants, though. Are there ones that yeah. are from here? I've seen because I've no. I, I don't. Sorry, I misspoke. Not from here, but they live here. But yeah, they moved here during Rona or something like that. And yeah, they seem to do a pretty good job at producing. Yeah, this shit. it looked it looked pretty pro yeah. of what I saw. Um, yeah, I w- I've got my own ideas that are in, in the pot. I don't want to tell them because then someone will steal them. Mm. But um, I, I'm working on some YouTube content. It should be fun. I guess. Yeah, I don't hate. The idea of YouTube content, I just hate this whole, like, it's mainly on Instagram. It's like, hey, look at me. Well, that's that's 100% what Instagram is for. And and TikTok's sort of that, too, except now it's like, hey, look at me singing this song I didn't write. Like, that's, I'm not even really singing it. And there's a bunch of people on TikTok that think they're funny and they're not. Uh, I mean, that's every every side. Yeah, but it's real bad on TikTok. Well, so here's the thing about TikTok. I remember when TikTok first launched, and it was... It was like, so now it's what you want out of TikTok, but it's it's harder to find because it blew up. But when it first started, it was like, you remember that website, People of Walmart? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The early, the early TikTok was all that kind of stuff. And then it blew up. And then it was, there was, you know, like, you know, 13-year-olds getting record deals because mm-hmm. they, only because they have a bajillion followers. So, you know, it, we can, we can, we can complain about it but that's you know we're the old people screaming at the sky at this point yeah we really are the kids are going to decide that's why i say let them vote because they already do anyway yeah they vote with their dollars mm. i don't i don't care enough anymore but plus i figure if like we let kids vote we're going to get legal weed like that's really mm. <laughs> really my only stake in this game yeah, at least they'll vote for dumb fun stuff like yeah. old people are voting for dumb boring Terrible stuff that just makes life more boring and terrible for everyone. We get Christmas, and then three months later, we get Star Wars Christmas, and then three months later, we get Marvel Christmas. It'll be great. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Speaking of uh, dumb fun stuff, though, I was pretty excited about this. Sky Zoo is closing. I'm surprised they haven't. Finally. I I thought it had been closed. Every time I drove by, I was like, what is that weird abandoned building? Yeah, I also also only drive by there during the day. Yeah, Yeah. same. So what's the story? I I never went there. Uh, I got invited there for Uh, shows a couple of times, but I don't know anything about it. I don't know. If I can drum up, I've got an old uh, 
I think it used to be a marketing company that handles their social media. So if I can get make that shitty marketing company's job a little harder with this post, my day will be a little better. Um, yeah, so Sky Zoo was... I, I'd never been there, but I think it was like a dance club slash pool hall place out on the highway, Brandon Road area. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just... Especially once Bella Vita and then whatever Coyote Jacks and whatnot was... Yeah. You know, they took that gun range away from the idiots, so now they've <laughs> got to go over to Sky Zoo and use that as a gun range. But, yeah, somebody died there back in May. Oh, that's right. Um, there's several shootings there every year. And, you know, I don't have the statistics for all the years, but it's like that's one of the establishments in town that gets the most police calls. I believe it. it isn't it like an old, uh, like, converted Red Lobster building? Yeah. I mean, you look <laughs> at it there. It looks like an old converted Red Lobster. Like, that's it right there. Um, but yeah, apparently the owner, let me drag this over here so I can read it. Man found drowned in Chevy um, Bay. Let's see. What's his name here? The, well, a, the Chattanooga city council decided to not like renew their shit or they actually revoked their permit. And then the owner of sky zoo said, I don't want to be a nightclub anymore. I'm older. I want to go home and hang out to my kids. I don't want to die. <laughs> you don't think I'm scared? I'm scared for my people too. Said Dacoragio. Maybe I go start a Parmesan company, bro. Yeah, if you don't want to die, maybe you shouldn't be an entrepreneur. It's yeah. a great name, actually. Dacoragio. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I do want to die, so like, bring it on. Let's start <laughs> a nightclub. Not like that, though. Not like yeah, in I wanna... the Sky Zoo. What I don't get is how those... Because Bella Vita, they all kind of function the same. Like, it's these fucking tar pits of dance clubs that have people coming there and getting shot constantly. Uh, Bella Vita was that, and then they operated, and they shut down, and then they just reopened as Coyote Jacks. It's the exact same management, all of that. It's the exact same club. It's just got a new sign outside. And Sky Zoo's basically done that same thing. They'll get in some trouble. They'll get their thing revoked. They'll revise some things. And that's really what's happening here is they've revoked it. He's going to shift it into a sports bar environment. But it's still going to be a fucking shooting range. Like, Well, you just have to advertise to it. I mean, like, he would need to, like, renovate and then, like, have, like... I mean, like, a lot of downtown places do, like, you know, dress code enforcement and... Mm. You, know, you can you can say what you will about that. I, I personally think you should get to wear whatever you want, even if mm-hmm. it was like the, you know, the colors of my anime. No, I'm just kidding. I don't have. I'm not a gang affiliated, but um, I don't know. I was trying to make a joke out of that. I don't think there is one. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> so with Sky Zoo closing, where do you think all that action goes to? Well, see that. Yeah, that's always my problem. Is like Chief Roddy of the police was talking about. Um, he was like, I welcome anything that removes violence from the city. Yeah. Anything that helps remove locations that have a connection to harm in our community, yeah. I absolutely encourage that. Okay, that's fine, but you're not getting at the core issue. Is like you said, like where is that going to go? Yeah, closing businesses aren't isn't yeah. going to stop. Like it's not like suddenly be like, well, my favorite bar closed. Better yeah. rethink my entire life. I guess now. I don't have to shoot Jim now. Yeah, <laughs> guys who closed. Yeah, I probably don't need to shoot him. Like, yeah, if Jim's going to Chili's, you're going to shoot him at Chili's. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, they they took away their Bella Vita Coyote Jack shooting range. They took away the Sky Zoo shooting range. 
Um, yeah, I don't know where they'll go. Probably, um, what's that? Um, Saudi Daisy. Well, I was close. I was gonna say that like honky tonk bar on Station Street. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I feel like that place has too much, uh, too much heat from twelve. Yeah, oh yeah. Regan's. I'm talking about That's that. Next it's next door, it. right next yeah. door to oh, it. Oh, next yeah. door to yeah. it. Okay. Conjoined. Man, yeah. fuck Regan's. When that place yeah. opened, they opened as like, hey, we don't play any music uh, that came out after 1999. I like that. That's like a. Wasn't it like a little like discotheca kind of like. Yeah, it's little, like, like an elder millennial discotheca, basically. And then now it's just a straight up. Like, yeah, now it's just straight up like, boom, boom, boom. Just dance club. Like, I mean, they want money, I guess. I can't. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I all I'm saying is like that'd be what we should do is redirect that traffic over there, like intentionally, mm. and see what happens. Maybe it's what they they're doing behind the scenes, redirecting this shooting traffic to like just get rid of shitty bars. They're like ah, that they sir over you know they overcharged me and underserved me. Let's uh. <laughs> well, and there was a whole shifty thing with um, Coyote Jacks because that I can't remember the exact connection, but that was. Mayor Burks was his brother like, or something brother or yeah. uncle or cousin or something like that. And so I don't know if there was anything shady going on, but it certainly seemed like they maybe were. Yeah. They'll probably a, all go given to a bitter little alibi slack. is what I'm thinking. <laughs> 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 that, I, gun, that gun range. Ugh, yeah. yeah. I hope not. That's yeah. one of the few places I found to eat. Yeah. I love, I love bitter so, alibi. Yeah. Uh, uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, the Coyote Jacks. Wasn't there an open mic there for like a brief period? Three oh, weeks. God. There Three were weeks. comedy shows at Sky Zoo I would see posts mm-hmm. about occasionally. Yeah, never. I know I would see Bridget post stuff, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. I never, and I was always, I would see it and I would think, that place is open? It's real. And then I would forget. And I never did make it out. I was always curious about what was going on over there, but. Coyote Jacks had a had a mic hosted uh, by Eric Lonis for three weeks, mm. and um, Andrew Ledbetter did the last set that uh, af- that closed that mic. Actually, um, he was uh, talking. He had this great bit about Vietnam veterans uh, that he was specifically told not to do uh, by Eric, and Andrew was like, "Yeah, I'm going to do it anyway." And uh, actually, like as he was finishing the mic uh, he was like stiff arming eric as eric waved like trying to grab the mic out of his hand <laughs> and andrew's just like walking around in a circle on the stage like just stiff arming eric <laughs> finishing the bit that is infuriating the entire crowd <laughs> and the staff is like coming out from the kitchen like giving him the no no sign <laughs> and that was the final why didn't set. they just <laughs> cut the mic I mean, I don't expect him to be the peak of well ingenuity down there. Yeah. All I'm going to say is Andrew is a champion. I'm Andrew gonna, is a I, champion. I applaud him for that, and I, I, I like I like that uh, that sort of fighting spirit. He and Eric should fight on your land in the woods. Yeah. You know, and settle is that, there. Is that what got the mic canceled? Uh, I or, think it was. I think it was on the verge anyway. Okay. But that was a that was kind of a final straw. Yeah. yeah. It was like all right. You, yeah, these, these comedians. It's don't funny take to think about the yeah. dead ones, like uh, Ben Levine. Well, I think Jeff. He's still alive. Jeff. Killed, <laughs> Jeff killed the one Ben Levine's mic down at uh, Ziggy's. From what oh, I understand. Yeah. It's I don't amazing think that, to think of anything getting killed at Ziggy's. Yeah. Like something getting yeah. canceled at Ziggy's. Yeah. 
Like Ziggy's. Be- I- if you drive paying customers out, though, it's yeah. yeah. There, there used to be a mic at the office, and it was oh, on yeah. Monday nights, and uh, people like to go there also to watch Monday night football, and so they would have the game on, but they would mute it, and then n- the people that were there to pay attention to football would have their backs turned to the stage and still shouting when things happen, yeah. <laughs> and so naturally, you know, this was like my first or second year in, so we were, you know. We didn't know what we were doing, but we try to like crowd work people and try to heck, you know, oh, you're a heckler, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the guy who ran the mic definitely got threatened outside by someone. And they, they were like, it's, you know what, maybe you guys shouldn't come back here. Cause I think, you know, like the, the bar, the bartender was like, like, cause it was like, it wasn't even a weekly mic. It was, a, it was like the first Monday of every month. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you guys come in on the first Monday of every month and drive out my regulars who don't want to come back the three weeks that you're not here. Mm-hmm. And so like, I, I can't hate on that logic and so it really instilled in me like the whole like it's got to be the right room you can't just mm. throw like i don't want to call him out so i'm not going to do it but and i'm not going to say the bar's name but a guy hit me up recently he's starting an open mic and he's doing it mixed media where he's like i want singers and songwriters and comedians i'm like ooh, oh it's not gonna work mm. it never yeah. does it's always no write down write it down i want to know what it is the people who uh, the people who come out to comedy shows need to be ready to see comedy, because when you get like people who are going out to, to like a singer songwriter open mic, that's they're like, oh sweet, some chill music. I can it's gonna be on the background. I can talk to my date over. And then when people are having their set, they're gonna think the same thing. Mm-hmm. And then the comedians go, hey, who's this person thinking they can talk during my set? And then yeah. what you you challenge the honor of my date? <laughs> and it's gonna turn into that, but. Yeah, I'm curious what place this is. Okay. Have y'all heard about uh, Charles Newby going to uh, music open mics and doing his uh, doing his comedy songs? See, now that have you that makes sense. That's, that's, that's awesome. Totally. Yeah. Is it working for him? He well, yes, from what I hear, yeah. and he's good enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. sure, you can play. Co- I mean, music can be comedy music. I yeah. don't think that's. I mean, it needs to be. You need to be go up there and do music. Don't go like. What if I went to like a comedy open or not a comedy open mic? What if I went because it's all it's, it's all poetry there? But what if I went to a music open mic? And was like, here's my poetry reading. Like nobody cares. You, I guess, I guess it's fine. Some of them probably do that, but like it just it just seems like with comedy, like I've also hosted like music shows as, and they're like, Oh, you're, you know, cause I used to play in a band and what? yeah, it, it what? there was a time where I was in a band a long time ago. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you guys about it, but it, it, it was there. And so I still have a lot of those connections. And when I started doing comedy, they'd be like, Hey, you want to come host this show? And I was like, we'll pay you 50 bucks. I'm like, $50 is $50. I don't care if this sucks or not. And so I'd go do it. And then what would happen is I'd open the show and then I'd bring the first band up. I might bring the second band up. And then by the, like, if there's more than that, they don't care anymore. And they're just going to set up and play and not let mm-hmm. me do my thing, which is fine. Cause I still get paid. Uh, <laughs> but that like the crowd is just so not into it and doesn't care and doesn't know how to respond. Doesn't, they think, you know, they're used to an interactive experience. So they're like thinking that, that like this, this is a conversation I'm opening up with everyone. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I'm doing a routine here, but no, it's just a bad idea to do mixed media. I mm. think. I think you want comedy to be in its own little lane. Yeah. Is that just at a mic or at a booked show, though? Because oh. I mean, that's the whole principle of vaudeville. Well, it that, used to work. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> both. Know? That's 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 both cases. But I, I think it's fine if it's understood and advertised. Yeah. Like, sure. Like the the like the um, the sideshow the um, 
I can't. They've changed their name a couple times. I can't remember. Is is it? Uh, it's not Scenic City Sideshow anymore. It's uh, uh, Subterranean. Subterranean Circus. Circus. That's it. They. I mean, that's what that is. They have like you know. They have um, comedy acts. They have burlesque acts. They have like you know sideshow acts where like they're doing like you know pain tolerant stuff. And it's like, but everyone who goes knows what they're signing up for. Mm. So you. So it's easier to count. Although I will say from people I know who've done that show, the comedy is rougher with those crowds because. Yes. The yeah, crowd yeah. is very rowdy and riled up and not wanting to just sit and behave. Yeah. Um, so you've got to be a kind of comic that can work that kind of crowd. Yeah. That's uh, the show I want to put together, a comedy burlesque show. The old-timey prostitute would be a great host for that. Oh, yeah. Mm. I don't know much about the burlesque. I've tried to find, like, burlesque oh, we can find dancers people. Oh, do, that, do the, that at the Honest Pint, since it used to be a brothel? That stage would be yeah. a great burlesque And just kind of do, like, a whole role-play thing. Like, you are the madam. Of you that. be the madam. Yeah. Get someone with, like, a twirly mustache to yeah. play piano. Yeah. So all you burlesque dancers out there, hit me up, because I, wa- I seriously want to put this yeah, together. Yeah, that I've would actually be really cool. for a while, but I don't know anyone in that yeah. community or anything about that around here, so... So we can link you up with some people. Thank like you. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that would be super awesome. What other? Well, the Moccasin Bend might close because that building was destroyed. Uh, will you grab me a claw out of there? I don't care what flavor. They all taste the goddamn same. I just met some folks. They were doing a show at Barley recently. Uh, mm. that you can find them on Instagram. The American Sugar. Uh, they're they're uh, burlesque performers who also uh, make clothing mm. and uh, various. Like burlesque sort of clothing, or uh, I mean, they'll I mean, like they make leather jackets and yeah. like they'll they'll do it up for you. Um, yeah, just follow them on they're, Instagram. They're in the drawer. Oh, okay. They seem like uh, really nice folks, very entertaining, and um, I would love to get a leather jacket mm. made by them. They said it would run about two or three hundred dollars, but it sounds like if I did, I want I keep wanting to do this kind of like um, like insane revival preacher character mm. who's been like fired by every major televangelist mm. who's just like, you know, Joel Osteen confronted me in the boardroom and I saw a demon whispering in his ear and I pulled out my gun and I shot the demon right off of him. But did he thank me? No. You know, and uh, I, I would just like have to like have the leather jacket. This is like the bad boy of evangelism, <laughs> you know, I like that. Yeah, I'm a proponent of that. So yeah. isn't there a Tammy Faye Baker biopic coming out soon? Yes, there is. Yes. Yeah. Is that the pink haired lady? The big, the big big, and mascara yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. running down the face. and It yeah. looked really good. I forget who's in it. But. I somehow yeah. never knew her name, but when you said that name, I knew. Mm-hmm. It's, her name is almost like an onomatopoeia. Like yeah. It sounds like what it is. Yeah. You say Tammy Faye Baker, and you're like, oh, I know. I know what that is. Yeah. It's like that's her natural hair color. Yeah. 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 It is It's now. a miracle. God gave it to me. Oh, God. You know, Jesus. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, some sobriety because I've Ooh. I've been on a journey the past couple of weeks. I found out that I was uh, gluten intolerant. I don't know to what degree quite yet, but my body doesn't handle gluten, which is a problem for a beer show. And so I've been sticking to these claws and I've not I decided to not talk about beers on this episode because they're going to be talked about on another podcast. But, um, yeah, I've been drinking these White Claws. I've tried these Glutenbergs. And I just, like, I really fucking like beer. And, like, 
learning about beer, the taste of beer, what makes it taste that way, all of that. You take that away, I don't have much of a reason to drink alcohol. So I'm tossing around the idea in my head, maybe not quitting completely, but like it just making it not really a part of my life. Like, cause it's like I'm drinking this white claw and it's just like, all right, whatever. Like what's it doing for me? Mm-hmm. And both you guys are sober. And, uh, so I thought this would be a good sober episode, but yeah, not drinking, even though I am drinking right now, but yeah, it's a white claw raspberry. And, uh, yeah, it, it just it tastes like all the other White Claws. Yeah, they didn't have those when I was in the... You had to, like, do your own, like, buy seltzer and pour vodka mm. in it, which is what I would do. Or my favorite, which was the hair of the puppy, which is vodka and Pedialyte. <laughs> it's a yeah. good day after no, recovery that's a drink. One. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, Tanner, you look really cool drinking uh, that, and <laughs> I don't think you should stop. <laughs> just from the other side, yeah. I, I just, I just think, yeah. Uh, just, don't, don't quit, man. Just maybe power through, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously not an AA. <laughs> I'm not like. I don't have an issue not drinking, but like I really liked beer. Like it wasn't even the alcohol; it was just like the artistry of it and all of that. So now that I can't drink it, it, yeah. I don't know if it's a gluten thing, but I was definitely getting to a point where it's like drinking half a beer. Like I would mm. be instantly bloated in a way that I wasn't mm. before. Yeah. Yeah. I can relate. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. I'm trying. I'm trying to cut back. I've been I've been scaling it back quite a bit lately. Um, had a little bit of a wild weekend, but um, mm. generally well, speaking, freedom weekend. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's it's down. I mean, it was I mean, it, it, it you know, it waves where it's like, I'm going to get drunk, you know, four nights a week. And then now it's like, uh, maybe one night this weekend I'll get drunk, you know, like it's, so it's not, not that it's, it's, it's calm. I'm drinking a lot more water. Mostly I just, I kind of ballooned up in the past, you know, couple years. I, I, you know, I was in fairly decent shape just a little while ago and I've kind of ballooned up. So I'm trying to like figure out what that's all about. And I think the drinking is the main thing. Because I don't have a crazy, like, I don't, like, sit and gorge myself all day long on yeah. snacks. So I think it's got to be that. I did notice since I quit drinking beer, I, like, there was some bloat to me that I, I didn't know about. And, yeah, I feel way better not drinking or not drinking beer and not consuming gluten. But, yeah, it's been a whole journey. And it's been very frustrating because I like to cook and I cook very well. But it's like I'm having to learn to cook all over again. So that's been very frustrating. Um, and there's not a lot of... I mean, restaurants have shit, but it's like... And so I'm considering just not drinking at all. Because it's just, what's the point? That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think my, my pivot is to move off of beer and onto cocktails for a little while. I may try that with you and see what happens. Well, I feel like it's like... You know, when I drink beer and I'm, I know, like, I'm trying to, you know, get a buzz on tonight, I'll probably have, like, you know, and, and this is being pretty conservative, you mm-hmm. know, seven or eight beers in the course of a night, mm-hmm. sometimes many more. Um, so I figure if I can dial that back to about three or four cocktails and get the same level of drunk, I think I'll be um, okay. You know, like mm-hmm. I said, just keep that at like once, once a week, maybe. I think, I think it's, I think it's a, you know, manageable, mm-hmm. but we'll see if, if, if I still don't, if, if I still hate myself. I, I may it may not be the alcohol. I may just need therapy, but 
It'll do it too. Therapy's good. Yeah, therapy is great, man. I advocate therapy for everyone. It just sucks that it's so goddamn expensive. Like, you know what isn't? PBR. $160, I think $160 something dollars a month is what uh, you can get from BetterHelp for. Oh, that's yeah. not bad. Yeah. If you, I mean, is that like once a week for an uh, hour? Once, once a week for an hour, and you yeah, can write them as bad. much as you want. Uh, that is w- with uh, like a financial aid thing that you just apply mm-hmm. for it. You say, hey, I'm broke as shit. Um, but according to the survey, as you'll see, I'm very fucked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they'll be like, all right, you know, we'll give you six months for, I think it's 160 or 170 a month. And uh, really, really well worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I had a therapist maybe like, well, this gluten thing's been interesting because I started going to a therapist when I think this gluten shit happened. I thought I was having panic attacks and it was making me nauseous, but I think I was having gluten reactions, which was bringing on a panic attack, mm-hmm. not the other way around. And it's like even still even though i think the panic attack gluten thing was backwards she was still super helpful yeah like i stay in touch with her like still see her talk to her once in a while like if you're anyone out there that's considering therapy just go fucking see therapy what was it betterhelp.com yeah yeah that's what i use yeah yeah there are also lots of therapists, you know, locally that'll work mm-hmm. on a sliding scale and mm-hmm. help you out. I also advocate, well, and I'm personally, you know, coming from AA, you know, which mm-hmm. is how I eventually did get sober, you know, and with rehab and all that sort of thing. But it was really AA that got it for me. And there are there are all kinds of support groups available. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just for quitting drink, and everyone has some kind of hang up. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has some kind. There are grief support groups and loss support groups and eating support groups and family support groups and da da da. Like there are all sorts of, and especially now, you know, a lot of those things over, uh, you know, through COVID went online. Like I was doing Zoom meetings in Ireland and I was doing mm-hmm. Zoom, you know, all over the world. Oh, I bet their trauma is adorable. <laughs> There's a nice lilt to it. Yeah. Um, just being in a support group and being, you know, it's not the same as going to a therapist, mm-hmm. of course, but I came to realize a lot of truths about myself and vocalize those things just being in an AA room and hearing other people say those things uh, that I never that should have been self-evident mm-hmm. that I never would have come to mm-hmm. on my own or been willing to admit mm-hmm. to myself. And it seems weird to say it's easier to admit that out loud to other people than it is to just yourself. But if you're, especially if you're like me and it, it comes to drinking, if you're so far gone, you have no self-accountability whatsoever at that point when you're first trying to stop drinking um or if you're at any sort of point in your life where there's some sort of trauma i think or issue that you're really hanging on to because it's not we don't just hang on to this stuff because we want to you know there's a Mm -hmm. a level of safety in trauma you know if i if i was a drunk well then i was a failure because i was a drunk Mm -hmm. i wasn't a failure because of everything mm-hmm. else about me, I could point to that and go, I'm a big nasty drunk and that's what's wrong mm-hmm. with me. But of course it isn't just that. That's just a way of like hiding and masking mm-hmm. all that stuff. Um, I got kind of off of it there, but I think, I think looking into support groups, you know, I'm trying to talk 
my mom, you know, my father passed away a few years ago. I'm still hoping my mom will go to, like, a grief support group. Just having other people who have similar experiences to you and will put voice to some of those same crazy things that are in your head that you think, there's no way mm -hmm. I can say this out loud, and people understand, and they all do. And there's something really magical to that. That's what got me um, with therapy is... I would just say something like, I don't know, like this happened and this happened. My heart started racing and next thing I know I'm having a panic attack. And because she's a professional and I know lots of people in these situations and people listening here, if you've not been to a therapist and you're thinking about it, you're probably thinking like, nope, I'm the only one with these problems. It's just me out here in this world. Everybody's normal. Nope. Nope. Your shit can be broken down and uh, it can be fixed. I promise you. And how my shrink was able to break my shit down and just almost predict like she was finishing my sentences like, nope, you did this next, right? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and then that led to this and then that and this and this and point A to B. And it's like, yep, it went exactly like that. I've been, to, like, I've been to exactly two therapy sessions in my life. It was, uh, I was younger. Uh, my parents had gotten a divorce and my mm -hmm. grades had slipped quite a bit. So my parents thought maybe this would help. Went to two sessions, and then I was like, do I, get, do I need to go back anymore? And my dad was like, nope, they say you're healthy. <laughs> I was like, and at the time, I was like, sweet, there's nothing wrong with this brain. And I used it as like a, a bragging point because yeah. like all my friends were fucked up. And then I was like, uh, and then I think now I was like, no, my dad just didn't want to pay for more sessions. That's right. what it was. He's like, no, you're fine. Clean bill of health, son. <laughs> Go out and get him in the world. That's all. Sometimes that's all a kid needs. Just you tell him he's fine, and he's like, "All right, yeah. sweet. Nothing wrong with this brain. Let's go." Yeah. The magic was in you all along. But what? What? See what? What happened though was then I developed like sort of the 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 Disney thing where I thought I was the hero of the story and I was going to win and save the day and everything was going to work out and I was going to get a happy ending. And then when the world just didn't provide that to me, it was crushing. Mm. That's uh, and so that's that's where I think my hangups are. I, I only know this because I do a lot of psychedelics. Yeah, I think psychedelics could help a lot of people. I, I mean, it, I yeah. think I, it, I don't want to prescribe that because I'm not a doctor, but I do think that uh, they help me in a lot of ways. I don't, Same. I don't think they fixed me. I don't think I don't think you can like fix. Yeah, I don't know even necessarily if there would be a way to diagnose psychedelics, but I know that me personally, I feel like they made me a better person in a way like they made me more empathetic and yeah. just see the world in a different way yeah i mean they make you feel really small and understand yeah. that you're small and understand that there's like hey the whole world is kind of one big organism yeah if, if we're a toxic cell then we're gonna make we're gonna contribute to the organism dying maybe mm. we should be more cooperative you know i i would i always used to be a very like selfish person and now i'm like yeah we probably need free health care like mm -hmm. I, <laughs> no it's just uh i mean you take something and for like i don't know four to I guess 12 hours, depending on what you're doing, you get like this massive existential hubris check. Yeah. That I think is very helpful for some people. Yeah. Like, again, I'm hesitant to say like, go out and try drugs, but I mean like, Hey, it worked for me. I'm look at me. Don't you want to be like me? You like, were in a band. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a model Not citizen. Like you were in a band, man. You're, you're on a podcast. You were in a band. I work a nine to five yeah. job that I love. I'm succeeding at comedy. It's doing it's things are going great. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's you know, I make I make a lot of money at my job and at comedy. Um, you know, I think I think that really what you ought to do is drugs and then you'll also succeed. <laughs> Some people. Yeah. 
What I think leads to a lot of people's problems, though, with drugs is they get clamped down. Like, I don't know, it's the classic, like, uh, preacher's kid scenario of they're so clamped down on that when they're finally turned loose, they just fucking go. Yeah. What What sucks is that, like, I think it actually would have made me, like, successful had Twitch been around when I was in my, mm-hmm. like, late teens, early 20s, because... When the first time I ever did mushrooms, I was a god at Tony Hawk 2 for like <laughs> eight hours straight. And if I could have put that on the internet and people watched it and tipped me to watch me play Tony Hawk, I'd have been set for life. I'd be like, this is my job now. I just trip shrooms and play Tony Hawk for eight hours a day every day. This is healthy. But then I would have been very rich. And that, that's all that matters. Is that what we've come to as a society? Like, that's the new benchmark of, if only this very specific technology had existed for the whole world versus, like, 30 years ago. As a woman, or 30 might be a bit of an exaggeration, but, like, 60 years ago for a woman to be, if only I could have gotten a job (laughs) as something other than a a secretary or a teacher. If only those options would have been available to me. By golly, how different my life would have been. I tell you. I mean, it's a, that's a valid conversation, just like I should be famous on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird to me that we live in a world where there's, I don't know, 14-year-olds uh, unboxing toys on YouTube and paying their parents' mortgage. I mean, that's crazy to it's, me. It's the yeah, be- they shouldn't be paying their parents' mortgage. That's their money. Well, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. They, they don't know what they're doing is what it is. It's like, let me manage that for you and also make sure that we're good. <laughs> yeah. Or it's a situation, maybe it's just like... Son, you need to yeah. be entered into a conservatorship. As I think God. Do we need to talk about that, Brittany? Um, I mean, I'm I, I, I'm on Team Free Brittany. I don't know where everybody Same, else in this yeah. room stands, but that's, that whole situation seems fucked, and I think she should be mm. free to date whoever she wants to date, even if that is me. <laughs> <laughs> When did this whole uh, conservatorship thing start with her? Uh, it was like 2008. Oh, so it's after been she, going. Yeah, after she shaved her wow. head. Wow. Yeah. So that means like, holy shit. That means her kids are like pretty much college age now. Or close to it. Close to it, yeah. Yeah. They're getting there, yeah. Like 16, 17, somewhere there. And she's still in that. And yeah. not allowed to do shit. Yeah, she can't, like, have her own phone. She can't, I mean, like, she can't date who she wants. She can't, like, get married. She has to She has to have, like, a, if she wants to have another baby, she has to uh, have legal permission to do that. Yeah. It's absurd. That it's- was, like, the camel's back for me that got broke because I was like, they make her get a fucking, one of those uh, IUDs. I always think that's an explosive device, but, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like an explosive it device. It is. If you fuck me too hard, your dick will explode inside me. It'll set the IUD off. Yeah, yeah you got to be careful. See it happen. Yeah. I was trying to think of a one of the comics that wasn't around anymore, but I couldn't. I uh, I wanted to write a a crime-solving TV show about a woman detective with an IUD with that you know they have like oh, the yeah. metal ones and it would pick up like radio waves like of and get like the frequencies of crime bosses talking about their plans. Oh, like FBIUD. Uh, there you go. Uh, what was that? Uh, Pete and Pete's mom on. Yeah, yeah like the that. sad that yeah. she had the plate in her head, the metal plate. That was a weird fucking show. 
Oh, that was a great show. Pete's I liked loved. it, but I don't know why I liked it. Because it was great. What well, show was this? Pete and Pete. Oh, Pete and Pete. Nick, yeah. I thought it was called Pete's Mom. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> I, can't, I can't. It may have been you. I was talking to somebody about how weird Nickelodeon was back in the day. Like, yeah, we were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's like, I mean, all of those shows were like really like weirdly. They had a, they had a weird thing about them. Like, yeah. they, they weren't like normal, like your milk toast cartoons yeah. you would see. They, would, they all had like some kind of weird, like either gross out humor. like some, yeah. Or like, you know, Pete and Pete just was. It was just weird. I don't know how to describe it. It was just every every. It, it, it was very nineties, I guess, in a way. Like everything was very nineties, but also. Well, the younger Pete was like fourteen, and he had a burlesque tattoo Petunia. of Petunia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that he could make <laughs> dance when he flexed. There uh, was one episode where, uh, the, like, they had all these little character bits, and one of the one-off characters was a guy who owned a slushy shop like next to the baseball fields or whatever. And he was famous for having one slushy that was so cold yeah. and you would drink it and it would give you just like the worst brain freeze. And they were talking to the guy like, why, why would you make this? Why something with this power? And the character's name was Mr. Oppenheimer. Like the guy that invented <laughs> the bomb. And, you know, it was one of those famous quotes, like, I just wanted world peace, you know, and they're asking him, like, why, why would you make something with this great, this great power, <laughs> Mr. Oppenheimer? Like, what a bizarre reference that no yeah. kid would get. I didn't get it until, I mean, what a long con, you know, these kids, like, yeah. 20 years later that we would look back and be like, oh, weird. All of their shows were fucking weird. Like, there was that, and then, uh... Salute your shorts. Salute your shorts. Hey, dude. Hey, dude, yeah. Salute your shorts. Even the cartoons were weird. Like, Rocco's Modern Life was super, like... Oh, it was so good. was, like, very, like... I mean, it was, like, it was was about a lot of adult issues. That, like, you know, like, oh, like, Rocco has to pay his bills, and Rocco has to do Mm -hmm. these things. But it's, like, presenting them to kids in a way. But then also, like, fucking Rugrats was crazy. Yeah. Rugrats was insane. Yeah. Rugrats... Do you remember that acid trip episode of Rugrats where... (laughs) Tommy <laughs> Tommy had the uh, fever dream. Uh-uh. Dude, that episode to me, even as a kid, I remember, I mean, I've been a fan of Rugrats. Rug, I mean, not so much still, but like when I was a kid, I was watching Rugrats from the time I was like two to however old. And uh, maybe not that young, but. Weren't his parents like the moon and the sun yeah. or something at point is one yeah. point they're like cradling him. You know, his parents are like our age. Yeah. If you think about yeah. that now in that show, they're like in their early mid thirties or something. Yeah. I think the wacky deli episode of Rocco's modern life is still one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. I can watch that right now and, and miss still cry uh, the frogs that live next door, the big heads, the big heads. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Big head was just like a cougar. Yeah. What was the deal with the cats having a hook hand? <laughs> on that oh, show. The, she was a dentist, right? Or Yeah, it was the weirdest yeah. thing that I never got as a kid she is for two. whatever reasons, all of the cats in the show, or we're only shown one family of cats, I think, and they're in love with Philbert or Dilbert or whatever the turtle's name is. And that whole family of cats has a like a Captain Hook, pirate hook hand. Well, that's what cat paws are like. If you re- They got those little hook saws. They yeah, just- but it's just weird to me that like, why okay if that's the case if just cats in this world have hook hands then why don't they have it on both 
Didn't she have it on both? No, hands? she had one normal hands? hand. Hang on, let me look up here. I thought she had both. I uh, do remember a cartoon with two hook hands, so I don't remember if it's that from that or not. Um, it's weird to think about that, and then like think about like SpongeBob, which is you know a huge worldwide phenomenon. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's like the generation later, so it's a little little more tame than I think some of those were. Like definitely more tame than like Ren and Stimpy, but like I think it definitely carried on the same spirit of weirdness. Like there's there's a lot of weird moments where it's not like entirely weird. Yeah, she's got a uh, yeah, one normal right, hand and one claw hand, and her entire know. family. Also has claw hands. Uh, is there someone in her family with two claw hands? Because I think that might be where, where I'm, what I'm thinking of. Yeah, maybe it's a recessive. A recessive I, I think trait. the grandma had two claw hands. Hey, you gets wanna, passed down. You want to know like something about me? And I've talked to one friend, and 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 we've we mentioned it, and, and like it was one of those like I bring it up, and then he finishes the sentence, and it's the same answer. You want to know what one of the scariest cartoons I ever watched as a kid was? It's the Garfield and Friends Halloween special. That used to scare the fucking shit out of me as a kid. It was it was terrifying. It was uh it was it had to do with ghost pirates and just the way that they did it. If you had the chance to I want to look that up and watch it again and see if it's like I was just a, a wimp or if like Garfield Halloween special? Yeah, it was like the Garfield. You remember that show Garfield and Friends? It was like the Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah. They were, it was pretty good. They did a Halloween special and it was terrifying huh even I, like well i was like 15 i'm just kidding <laughs> I, I was like i was probably like though like you know like eight or nine and still be like i don't want to watch this shit oh the christmas special is so sweet though uh, i mean it's like a full 30 minute thing i don't think i don't think we want to sit and agree with you garfield because i'm a cat what's with the blanket you practicing for halloween practicing practicing Thing I'm not is a scary oh, the pirates track. <laughs> yeah, but there's ghosts later. I don't have charm. I'll kick the door open. Oh, there they go. Yeah. God. From the grave. Whoa. Oh yeah, see that? <laughs> That's horrifying. That's horrifying today. <laughs> Do you believe this? Believe Good Lord. Yeah. Friends. The pirates had a 10-year-old cabin boy. <laughs> okay, okay. Um. See, I was about eight or nine. Uh-huh. Pretty pretty terrifying, I think. Somebody, I would I would watch those. Are you afraid of the darks? Yeah, some, some of those. Yeah. Some of those would get me bad. Yeah, some of those would legitimately freak me out. The yeah. one where there's a story of there's this nerd kid that has a crush on this hot s- new swimmer girl, and he discovers that there's a pool in the high school, and they fill it up and get it functioning. But the reason the pool was shut down is it was built on top of like graves, so there was a demon in the pool. And I don't know. They end up finding a way to see the demon, and it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> Hang on, let me see if I can find a picture of this. Have you seen the website Garfield minus Garfield? Yes. yes. That's when I realized that I am John Arbuckle. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is just a person hanging out, just oh, going I... manic depressive, manic depressive, like at a very rapid Yeah, I totally scale. found this here. I don't know how to 
Maybe I do. So yeah, they find a way. He's like a chemistry nerd, and they find a way to like toss sulfur or something water. in the pool. Here we go. Uh, What's your recipe? Mix water with manganite and kaboom. Love surprise? Manganite. My volcano. That's brilliant. Duh. No. Oh, why'd you do that? There's moisture on your hands. It'll burn you. You need gloves. I'm going after it. Dumb son of a bitch, you tossed the poison in the demon pool. There's moisture on your hands that'll burn you. Well, let me go in. Oh, yeah, see, there's the demon the big slime. Pool of moisture. Maurice. And he's like, he's like budget Macaulay Culkin in the 90s. Maurice, it's coming, swim! Oh, yeah. Whoa. This thing I remember freaked that. the fuck out of me when I was a kid. It's like all the hair that got stuck in the drain. In the yeah. No, they were so good at being able to like the creature design on this. This whole sequence just scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Would you jump in that pool to save the girl that you like? Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it depends on my mood that day. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna marry her. <laughs> Like, let's be real. The odds that you're going to marry that girl. Yeah. You know. But yeah. at that age, you wouldn't think that. You'd be like, this is my forever bitch. That's true. At that age, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, this is. I did hand out a lot of Valentine's Day cards that said that. <laughs> Shit, bitch. You is fine. That's my favorite teddy bear. <laughs> it's my favorite teddy bear. I've never, I've never had the courage to give that as a gift, but I think it's a good idea. <laughs> I yeah. think I think I think that if I give that to a girl and she doesn't laugh or think it's awesome, then that's just not meant to be, and it just works out. Mm. I'm, so I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to say that. I know. I know. <laughs> now, uh, what? Uh, you guys wanted to talk a little bit about some local comedy shit coming up. Yeah, actually, yeah. I, and I'm sure I'm going to forget some, yeah. but um, yeah, uh, Jenny Zagrino is going to be at JJ's uh, next Wednesday. I get to host that. That's uh, that's fantastic. I Wait, what's the date on that? Uh, July 14th. Yeah. July 14th, tickets on sale now. Um, go to Cutthroat Comedy's Instagram. Um, Ryan Ryan learned how to produce shows over the, over the, the break. He learned how to put shit together. That looks good and yeah, is organized and yeah, great. yeah, very impressive leap and and uh, I hate him for it, I <laughs> hate him, but uh, yeah, he's doing a fantastic job with that. Every show that he's put together since uh, things started back up has gone really well, mm -hmm. and so I'll be yeah, I get to host that one. Um, Bridget's on it too. I forget who else. All is on it. She's also uh, Jenny Zagrino is also bringing her feature with her, so. Um, I think all of us locals are just doing eight minutes on it, but that's going to be a really good one. Um, I'm, I started a new show called Crisis Mode, which is a longer form storytelling thing at Black Cat. It is the last Tuesday of every month. And uh, Courtney was on the last one. And mm. it's, it's really kind of like the idea is like these are the stories we don't tell anywhere else. Like it's not just like a this is not yeah. happening style thing. It's like there's a reason I don't tell these stories in public. Oh, man. It's not recorded. There's no recording. You have to be in the room to hear that story. Now, the story may get told in the future, but like it's kind of like a writing exercise where it's like you as the comic get to figure out, is it funny enough 
to work into something bigger in the future. But, um, yeah, Bridget was fantastic on the last show. Um, we've had uh, Jeff Greenspan, uh, Dave Hanna did a great job as well. Um, Charles was on the first one. Uh, and so, like, the first one was just kind of a soft opening where it was, like, just, like, I didn't even tell anybody about it except, you know, just, like, a handful of people. Mm. And then we had our sort of, like, real, like, first show. I learned a lot of things from the first um, show. Ian Bear came up from Atlanta to do it. Uh, Carlette Jennings did the last one. So I've got, like, kind of a ringer coming in from out of town to do a longer set. And Ian Bear used his set to rehearse what will become the closer for his next album. Mm. And so he had done some of that material before, but he went, like, way more into depth. It was a lot more, you know, personal and uh, I just love the conversations that people have afterwards because it always starts with <laughs> with me telling a story about my childhood that I don't like. Uh, I've told my friends my whole life, but it's on on stage. It's like this is too bleak, like this or I like sound. I don't know. I don't know how to like. I have a feeling in five more years I'll have a different spin on what really happened here. But um, that's why I don't say it on any recording. Yeah, but, yeah, but. I, I tell something that has like enough of a big kerplash at the beginning that everyone else feels comfortable saying their thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, just, you know, people in the audience hanging out and talking afterwards, um, you just kind of like overhear snippets of them, like suddenly divulging something mm -hmm. very, um, personal that they're like, yeah, I never talk about this, but this is like kind of the most <laughs> important thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still funny because like the the people on the show are funny enough that they kind of make everything funny. Yeah. So. Well, that sounds cool. Yeah. So that's July a black 27th. cat. Yeah, black cat. Yeah. July twenty seventh is the next one. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I had a great time doing the show and watching everybody else's. Yeah, I I highly recommend going to this show. And you know, Donnie knows, and I'm one of the people that are bothering him about chat talk again and again. I was like, there's never going to be a show that I like as much as chat talk, you know, that we used to do. And I was right. Crisis mode is almost the polar opposite mm -hmm. of chat talk. And I love it just as much, mm. if not more so as yeah. an audience member, you know, so I thoroughly, and the, the black cat space is just great. Anyway, it's good to get over mm -hmm. there. Yeah. It's a great little bar. Mm -hmm. I like that whole little area of town. Like, it's a pain in the ass for me to get over there personally, but I do like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. It's just like there's not a convenient way for me to get there, you know, but it's a cool spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I was pissed when I headed to your place the other day and the interstate was like basically shut down. Oh, yeah. God. Jesus. Yeah. I live next to that parking lot now. <laughs> God. I think it's fixed though, for the most part. For, yeah, I think there's yeah. there might be one more weekend of stuff mm -hmm. of stuff they're doing, but I, I I don't know. Like I don't, I've learned I've become so accustomed to not taking the interstate now that mm -hmm. I, I don't even see the signs or know what's going on with it. I'm just like, no, I'm just gonna take whatever other road is slower mm -hmm. because it won't be slower. Yeah, and for our beer reps driving around out there that's listening to this, don't take 75. Yeah, it's fucked right now. Uh, I need to wrap this up though because I'm running out of recording space. Can I plug my show? Plug it, man. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be starting a mixed media open mic at a, it's going to be at a strip mall in Sail Creek. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be stand up comedy and freestyle rap. And then also uh, pro hockey is going to be on the TV. <laughs> 
I was excited for like three <laughs> seconds. I was like, ooh, mixed media open my like, all right. I've been, oh, sale cre- Oh, this is a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, is there anything else you guys want to promote before I send us out here? Um, Bode Comedy still going strong. Jeff's do- Jeff Greenspan doing a great job, uh, job mm-hmm. with that. I th- it looks like it's expanding maybe to more Fridays from what I could see on the calendar. Uh, Pax Brew Room, the open mic I run uh, every other Tuesday. Um, just follow me at is their life on Marsh for all the stuff I'm doing mm-hmm. and the shows I'm promoting uh, again, like got it out of town headliner every single time. Uh, next time, um, the 20th, it's, uh, Seanic Godkindi who uh, came very highly recommended by Catherine Blanford as a crowd work, mm-hmm. uh, impresario. So she was like, he's absolutely hilarious. You got to see him. So. I think I've, I think I've shared the stage with him at the catch before. I yeah. Think, I think, uh, one of the, one of my hosting gigs there, I think he was on it. Okay, high energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I I will say like all the the cat shows I've done, the 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 out of town talent has been phenomenal. So yeah. I haven't seen anybody bad there. So yeah. Hmm. Well, hell yeah. yeah. I'm gonna be directing uh, Clue on stage. Ooh. Yes, that Clue based on that the 1980s mm. Tim Curry. It's a great movie. Movie it is. Yeah, as they've adapted it for stage. I'm directing that. It's not going up on stage until. Halloween, it'll be mm-hmm. the art in the artistic civic theater down in Dalton. But you know, if you're interested in auditioning or working on that, you know, hit me up or be on the lookout for tickets because it's going to be a blast. Tim Curry oh, yeah. is available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, uh, yeah, he'll uh, be the dead body. <laughs> oh, he's still alive. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> yeah, he's still alive. He'll Don't let you t- know. <laughs> At least I can still use that joke. Yeah, Tim Curry, super fanny and sharp. <laughs> Um, yeah, other than that, like I said at the top, get on down to Riverside Wine and Spirits. Merchants on Main, right there on Main Street. And uh, brewchat.com slash store if you need any shirts or anything like that to help support the show. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you guys for showing up and talking. It's been a good time. Thank you. And Thanks. yeah, we'll see you guys next time. This has been episode 297 of the Brew Chat Podcast. Podcast.